right, and welcome to our uh, after party covering episodes seven through nine. Wow, we're making our way. We're almost One episode digits. at a time. I know. We have a party for episode ten. We're not going to have a party for episode ten. We might for episode fifty, but I don't know. Well, we're uh, not going to have an on-air party. We might like go out to dinner and be like, "Yeah, we did ten, guys." Yeah. Just an excuse to drink. Okay, so, style. yeah. But uh, yeah, when I was about to say when last we left off, because I'm just so. <laughs> Last, last we left off, we Roll were initiative. talking about Texas. No, yeah. So you guys have finished the uh, the tomb of Akintepi. Finally, it was a little anticlimactic. Like I, I was thinking something else. I mean, the Iron Cobra was pretty cool, but I was just like, yeah. we're too yeah. low level for them to throw an yeah, actual mummy at yeah. us at this point. I was just happy we actually fought an undead thing. That was nice because yeah. I've been having my favorite enemy undead for like this whole time. Yeah. So were you guys anticipating that there would be zero undead in the entirety of the first? Dungeon? No, that was yeah. no, that yeah. actually. Kind of I really thought there would be a skeleton or like a zombie or something. Having <laughs> finished the first dungeon in uh, Mummy's Mask, are all of you happy with your choices so far? Yeah. Like yes. Character builds, mm-hmm. everything is working the way that you're expecting it to. Yeah. yeah. I forget how squishy low-level characters are once you get into the mm-hmm. swing of an adventure path. And <laughs> Especially then you getting go back. tiny swarm in the, in the uh, first dungeon. You know, yeah, yesterday we were playing 8th-level characters and my fighter has like almost like 70-something hit points. And then I'm playing in my second-level cleric and I'm like, oh, geez. So that actually that kind of brings me to an interesting topic that I was thinking about earlier today. And I'll address this all because this is kind of a question for the players more than anything. I always find it interesting when there are low-level encounters that shut down parties that way. And by this, I simply mean the three big ones that I come like that to. stupid swarm? Swarms. Low-level swarms. Incorporeal. Incorporeal, which is the second one that a lot of times, like, if you don't have a magic weapon, then you're just out of the fight for an incorporeal creature if you're a warrior. Mm-hmm. The third one, anything that requires a swim check. At lower levels, you can't usually spare the skill points to just drop one and swim. Yeah. And of course, you guys are playing in a desert campaign, so if that chamber had actually flooded, flooded, all of you would have been forgiven for not putting any rinks in swim, even though you live in a town that borders a river. Because it's like, well, we're playing a desert campaign. How often is my character ever going to need to swim? I, I did put a rank in swim. Yeah. So, yeah. My character spent five years wandering around one of the most harshest parts of the desert. He does not have rank in swim. I have a four strength. I don't have any swim but... ranks. I could put a rank in it, but I didn't. Yeah. I, that's the, you know, encounters are built around the idea that you have a rogue, a fighter, a wizard, and cleric. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have one of those things, sometimes it gets really thrown out of whack. Like, we don't have an arcane spellcaster. You know, first level wizard, oh, swarm, burning hands, end of story. You know, and we don't have access to that. What makes it a lot harder for us. Yeah. Do you consider it unfair? I think sometimes they need to take into account that kind of stuff that a lot of parties nowadays don't have the classic four. Yeah. Not when well, you have 20 million classes to choose from. I, yeah. I guess, well, I guess my question is, do you think that the onus is on the player or the game master? I think it's a bit of both. I think that if a group comes together and is like, oh, we're all fighters, then you should expect to have a hard time and not that not be the game master's fault. But should the players expect to, for instance... After the first time that you go in and you loot things and everything else and you return back to town and you're basically like, well, you know, we're a group of nothing but fighters and we don't necessarily have, we happen to have a wizard in the party or something like that. Do you feel that it's incumbent upon the players to go, there might be ghosts. Maybe we should pick up some scrolls of magic weapon. Uh, yeah. Before you have a plus one weapon. That's a little bit on the player, especially if you're running around in an area known to have undead 
Yeah. Mm, you should or or even if it's just whoever's the... I, I think when we were playing through another one of the more horror-involved adventure paths, I want to say it was you, Jessica, that took Ghostbane Dirge. Or someone had Ghostbane Dirge. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had Ghostbane Dirge. Yeah. 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 We had a scroll we had gotten from somewhere. Yeah, and, and then and I bought some scrolls. It just kind of became incumbent upon us to realize, like, well, we have to keep going. So this is our job a to fix A lot of it this. is situational. Like, if you know... You're going to go into a creepy place filled with ghosts and you don't have magical weapons and you walk in there and get slaughtered, then yeah, that's your own stupid fault because you should have bought the scrolls or figured something out. Yeah. But it's also one of those things we don't, we're not expecting to fight a swarm. So it's always expect a swarm. I hate swarms. I've always hated swarm. Yeah, I mean, especially that 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 swarm, like the summon swarm, uh, is. If it's a swarm, if it had been a swarm of creatures that we could have attacked with blunt weapons, I would have been okay, fine. (laughs) But to have a swarm like that, where literally the only thing we could do is beat at it with a torch, that's kind of. Well, it went away in in a couple rounds, so that was kind of it was just there to scare us. Yeah. Well, and and also it kind of comes into that idea. Well, first off, and I'm by no means saying that this is the case in the story. Some writers will oftentimes include that as a indicator of make sure you're aware of the danger of swarms because next time it could be a flesh-eating scarab swarm and maybe you should have some alchemist fire. Yeah, It's that question again of is it incumbent upon the players to basically go, I need to carry some oil and There's some alchemist no fire to deal with this. There's no way for a party to be prepared for everything. No. Yeah. See, yeah, the way I look at it is from a roleplay perspective. Like, Sudi has no clue about swarms, let's say, right? I mean, he's never probably fought a swarm of anything, including cockroaches. So this first encounter with swarms is like a wake-up call, right? It's like, okay, now from a player perspective, Sudi has seen swarms and we can talk about tactics because me as a player, I know tons of ways of dealing with different swarms and stuff. So now, like, now that I've been exposed to it and I can explain from a role-playing perspective, then, yes, now now it's on me. But, like, if it's first level... And my character's never seen a ghost in his life and gets comes upon a ghost and just flails and afflict effectively at it. That's kind of just a... a I also think in certain know. situations, it's kind of a douchey move on the part of the DM to throw that kind of stuff at low-level characters. I'm going to throw an incorporeal creature at first-level characters and there's no way they have magic weapons. So it's up to the wizard. So this actually raises an interesting point. And I'll give you guys an example from a module, from two modules, actually, I can give you examples of is sometimes the books will write in the solutions into the book. For instance, I think you mentioned that we found a scroll of uh, Ghostbane Dirge Mm -hmm. while we were playing through one of the adventure paths. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those, it's convenient to the point of stretching credulity Mm -hmm. that you just so happen should find this scroll of Ghostbane Dirge when you're possibly going to need it. Uh, Another example I can give is there's a first level adventure that involves you going into this crypt. The entire party is first level at this point. And there is a shadow in this crypt. Wow. But there is a plus one dagger in the room mm. with the shadow. And so it's that idea of not only do they prevent, present you with the threat, but they also present you with a means by which to defeat the threat. And it's kind of the same thing that crops up where it's, you know that you're going to be fighting a lot of creatures that do fire damage and you just so happen to find a potion of fire resistance. I don't really like it. Video game logic. Pathfinder Society scenarios are notoriously bad about it. Well, Pathfinder Society is a completely different animal than a normal adventure path. Right, because you can never know exactly you can, what you You never need to know for. what stories the players have gone through. You never know what kind of gear and equipment they have. Right. So you can't really put something in front of them and then give them, oh, well, none of us have ever had to deal with this, so we don't have what we need. And then it's literally 
nothing they can do. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. I really don't think you should be throwing incorporeal creatures at first level characters until they've played through enough. Like, now Jessica has a plus one weapon. Oh, you know, so now you know that we could stand a chance against something incorporeal. Right. Yeah, and with that adventure path that we got the Ghostbane Dirge scroll, we found a whole cache of stuff to deal with undead because we were literally going to go into a place full of undead. Right. Yeah. That we knew about already. So it's not like it was, ooh, there's going to be undead there. Well, duh. We're going into a place full of undead. So so kind of of what I'm taking away from this is it seems to be the idea of the game master. It is up to the game master to present people with the challenges that they will be facing and to make them aware of it. So, for instance, you're going into a crypt. You could kind of just assume that there's going to be undead. The tomb of Akintepe notwithstanding. Yeah, Uh, weird. (laughs) Weird. But at the same time, once the players have been presented with that, then it is now up to the players to adjust for it. Exactly. Yeah. I did do something different in the second session of this than I usually do, or in uh, episode eight, eight at that point. I don't usually focus a lot on introducing animal companions. Mm. It's not something I usually, because it's usually like a lot of times people play a druid and then, okay, in your backstory, why do you have a tiger? And inevitably it's a zoo. Try <laughs> to have a reason for your animal companion. This is probably the first time I've actually made an event to introduce an yeah, animal cool. companion. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Um, like so a little behind the screens here, I broke the cat's leg. To give an excuse of why this cat will not be joining the party mm-hmm. until fourth level. Yep. Mm-hmm. So magically, this cat will be all better ex- next day, possibly, if you gain like two <laughs> levels while you're in this dungeon. Wow. Bass has blessed us. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a miracle. It was just a green stick fracture. It's fine, guys. Yeah. So it's when the bone doesn't fracture all the way. Like there's just like, it's just a big crack. Yeah. It's just like a crack in the bone. Okay. So yeah, I just, I was kind of interested in getting all of y'all's opinion on, I'm going to introduce this animal instead. I mean, that was cool. Uh, you've also introduced the, the falcon or the hawk or whatever. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that (laughs) that bird's fall. I took the animal domain guy. So eventually I think it's the feather subdomain. Yeah. And I decided to go with a hawk. Mostly because I am taking a prestige class, and the prestige class will contribute to that, but I could still have a scouty bird. Yeah, I, I yeah. like this a lot better because uh, there is always that kind of awkward thing where it's you're going through this dungeon, you hit fourth level, suddenly there's a leopard. Next Rick's to had you. good ways to work it in, like, yeah. the, but there's you've worked them in organically, if some, you know. Yeah, this a bunch is of ways. kind of the first time that I've introduced an event. Yeah, and this like because I could have yeah. just been, oh, you find this cat walking along. I actually bounce some dice. I very rarely do this. I actually bounce dice on the random encounter chart they provide. I love the random encounter yeah. charts. By the way, um, it's a it's a love so letter we, back we, to. We to randomly encountered a ghoul. Yeah, it was one d three, but I rolled a one. Thank God. <laughs> I think like I said, like we said during the game, uh, ghouls are one of those things that I always feel like should be like challenge rating. Two or, two or three, yeah. and gas should really be five or six. It's, yeah. it's the paralysis it's the specifically yeah. that's the worst. Every once in a while, there's a monster that I'm like, really? This, uh, it, most- it, yeah, that, that <laughs> is one of the w- interesting things with special abilities, like mo- you know, universal monster rules specifically, is there are some of them that are they're way out of whack with and the other. And there's yeah. ones that I've seen the other way that our party's like get oh, suited. An thing? Okay. And I and you're and Rick's like challenge rating nine, and I'm like, do what? So uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So also, I guess on the subject of the very least, the earlier on parts of this, has everything been making sense to you all so far? Is there I mean, anything that you're just really like, I'm kind of curious the, about this thing? We haven't gotten the AP plot hook yet. Right now, we're no. just still uh, doing we, the... we may have gotten the very beginning of it because... Uh, kind of a Nephis thing. God, I've already forgotten the guy's name. Nemavi, Claire. Pat, Pat Mammy? Pat Nibib. Panamna. Panamna. 
Penibnib. My nib. Panda bear. Penmanib. Panda. We're just calling the guy panda and we're moving on with our lives. Pet my nib. It's P-T-E-M-E-N-I-B. Why don't you go just go take this? Brian had a giant list taken to work and just have Dean pronounce everything for you. Also the P's probably silent. Yeah, the P-T is silent. Yeah, it's Tepnib. So Tepnib. So, you know, sorry for misbehaving. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but because we'll didn't ask Cleopatra's last name everybody. started with a P, and that's silent, wasn't it? It's the Ptolemies. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's P T O L. So I bet yeah. you it's yeah. Uh, there's the P's yeah. not supposed to be in there. Uh, but yeah, for for Tepnib, uh, he mentions that oh, you know, maybe they'll do an auction for it, and he's like kind of talking about the future. I feel like he's maybe making mention of the mummy's ma- like the well, mummy's mask, mummy's mask. But and to kind of tie in with that, where. Um, this lady is apparently searching for something specific, and now he's searching for something specific. I'm wondering the if there's the same they're, yeah, yeah, they're The cleric of Nethys also seems to be, or the big hat lady. I don't think you know whether or not she's actually, I don't think she's a cleric of Nethys. She follows yeah. Nethys. That's uh, all that matters. Yeah, because she's whipping around with some wands and stuff. Yeah, I think things are going good overall. Yeah. But I didn't know if there was anything that you guys were curious about from a, a behind-the-scenes sort of thing, because that's kind of what we're going for here. What was in that room? The room we didn't find. Oh, yeah, the room yeah we did we miss in. a way, or is you, that just you did? Um, we should have broken that room. I don't know how we would have done it. Though. It's too. The stone was yeah, too big. It's, it's not much. Really, what it is is you know those stairs. They took the stairs down, and they eventually got to the room where you fought the summon swarm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you went through that hallway, and you guys made a search, a perception check to search for secret passages. You didn't actually roll high enough. Uh, 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 there was a secret passage there that just leads into a hallway that just takes you back to that other room. Oh. That's all that it does. Uh, I think there are like two more mining beetles in there that would attack you. Oh, fun. Experience. Yay. Yeah, so you missed a little bit of experience there. But you guys are actually on the fast track, and I don't even know if I would Well, and then you that. added in a ghoul fight that we weren't yeah, supposed to have. Yeah, I added in a ghoul fight so. with a random encounter, so that kind of made up for you losing some experience from not fighting those anyway. That was basically the only thing. You guys got through that pretty well without missing much of anything. The first couple of sessions were rough. Second, Now that we're second level, we're okay. I'm also yeah. wondering, like, we have this kind of plot hook of, like, people are being attacked. Well, we haven't been attacked yet, so. I, w- I wonder if that's just kind of, not like a red herring, but I wonder like if it's one of those things that people are just being and attacking other other people to well, get yeah, their money. Well, yeah, that's what I thought, but I, I mean, we had a lot of gold. It could to be, be fair, though, to table. the tomb that you went to was isolated. Now you're going to a more centralized location and a much more dangerous area. That's fair. I kind of like the randomization where it almost just seems like it's just the phrasma kind of pushing the needle and directing how things go, where it's like, oh, we're not going to put you into too dangerous of a thing. Where are the heroes? you're the heroes. Yep. yep. Unless we die, and then it'll be someone else. Yeah. So I guess covering mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of episode three as well. Episode three. No, sorry, the third part. You know what I mean. The nine. third part of the uh, episode nine. Ep- since we are covering episode seven, eight, and nine, the third of the three episodes that we're covering. Episode nine. Yes. Now we're going to go back and cover entirely of episode three. Man, episode three. That was a. Uh, I don't even know was, what happened in episode three. I think there was a camel spider. Oh, and that's where I got bit and poisoned the first time. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you guys have uh, you guys finally made it to your destination, the uh, the second of your three sites to explore. Hmm. You got an idea that this one is in ghosties, full of ghosts. Yeah, it was kind of the interesting thing that you guys got to go to the first one, and it was just oh okay, it's this tiny building on top, and then it's this massive complex underneath. Whereas you showed up here, and you're like, okay, it's a giant courtyard, and we can already tell it's a two story building. Uh, yeah, but I was told <laughs> ghosts, and all we've seen so far are animals. 
Except for the haunt. We yeah, but haunt. I can't stab a haunt. <laughs> you can't really stab a ghost either. Uh, I can. <laughs> I have a plus one kopesh. I can halfway stab a ghost. That is true. You can 50% stab a ghost. You can ruffle I have, it. I have a magic weapon spell, so I, I've got that covered too. I would be completely screwed. I would also <laughs> be very unhappy. I, we would probably all die if it's a ghost. I'm just saying. So, yeah, so we didn't really uh, go into it during the episode. Haunts or something was added in the second issue of the Adventure Path series of Rise of the Rune Lords, which was Adventure Path number two, huh. uh, introduced the haunt mechanic. Yeah, yeah, that's it's one of my hands down favorite books. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Skin Soul Murders. I will never oh forget. yeah, I will never yeah. forget the first time I played through that book. I'm one of the players screaming like a little girl. That is it true. Was that was amazing. pretty. That is that is the highlight of my gaming career. Yeah, why kill players when you can make them scream? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Make him scream in real life. Well, Kill them in life. Rick was all like, we're going to play by candlelight. And one of the cats like came up and like nudged him and he just full on <laughs> screamed. <laughs> like, so I was just, sit, just sitting in this floor. <laughs> I moved us all into another room so we weren't playing in the usual room. So we're just kind of like sitting in a floor by candlelight telling ghost stories kind of thing. It was a whole lot of fun. Nice. But yeah, the, the hunt mechanics were introduced there. But they're kind of like traps except for they tell a story in addition to mm-hmm. doing something terrible to the party. Now, I know that they get a little bit of flack because much like traps, if you don't have a rogue, then you just kind of have to power through them. With haunts, if you don't have a cleric, you kind of just have to power through them. Now, that wasn't an issue in this one because the party's actually traveling with a cleric. Although I know you guys have had to deal with haunts in the past without. I mean, an oracle can heal. So anybody that has to I mean, you can cast a healing spell on it, but channeling... Channeling is the fastest way to deal with it. Yeah, Yeah, and my, my thing with haunts is like i like haunts a little bit better than traps just because of exactly what you're saying the plot mechanic because it does tell the story because like what happened tells you what kind of trap it is because if you actually look at like the game mastering guides and stuff it has a type of trap and then you have to wrap the story around it to kind of just or the the type of haunt you have to justify what caused this thing that you know basically just tells you here's the difficulty in the spell effect but not haunts can really wreck your day though they really can yeah they definitely can they're they're also generally like difficult to avoid because you kind of don't know they're there until you've triggered one i jumped out a yeah. window once i'm not gonna lie i was kind of hoping one of you were gonna fail against that haunt why uh, it doesn't yeah, what is that it does a cause fear effect and you just which is kind of which, which causes you to run yeah, away oh, uh, no. but the but the most open direction for you to run away is into the side courtyard where the snake is mm-hmm. and the first place that you can hide is underneath the bench oh. and so it's the idea is like the guy runs in there and then goes oh god oh i can hide under this bench and then there's a snake and the snake's like <laughs> what you doing bro <laughs> You. I was like, oh man, that's going to be so great. And I, I always love rolling encounters like that, where it's just like something triggers an edge. Because otherwise it's like, oh, it causes you to cause fear and then everyone's shaken. And you, oh, well, you run off. Uh, you know, or feasibly you go running inside of the building. Or what happens if you run into the other courtyard and go, oh, I'm going to jump down into this pool where you guys saw the giant centipede, but and that don't centipede's see the centipede. And like, what? I, yeah. I conceptually love the idea of it. But yeah, and you guys got to, uh, you saw a centipede. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided uh, not to mess with the centipede. We said in an honor of the episode name, uh, um, number nine, it. <laughs> we did say nine. Say nine. Nine. Comparatively nine. to the snake. That joke's going to kill in Germany. Oh, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they haven't heard that one before ever. Okay. Yeah. Compared to the snake, is the centipede close to the same challenge? Like, you uh, just... Centipede's actually more dangerous. Oh, well, there we go. We just know that it's dangerous. I made yeah. the right choice. Centipedes are just creepy. I mean, if it's a centipede yes. as big as I'm thinking it is, if it's like even a small size centipede, yeah, it's It's like huge. a six foot long centipede. It it's a man size centipede. Yeah. 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 I figured we'd probably have better luck with the snake because it can think. It's yeah. true. It is a mm-hmm. thinking creature. 
And so you can wild empathy, which always I always enjoy when wild empathy actually sees use. Yeah. It's one of those things that gets overlooked so often. And then you tried it a second time, I did not which a little behind the scenes here also. It's got two heads. It's probably not an animal. Yeah, it seems like a magical beast or something, but I don't care. It is, in fact, a magical beast, hey. uh, which probably the getting to roll Knowledge Arcana was a little bit of a giveaway for that. Well, and also the two uh, heads and also the weird worms. And also, you know, you play enough druids, you wild empathy enough things, you realize what you can't wild empathy. Yeah. And so it was a gamble to see, well, maybe I could wild empathy this if it's an intelligence to magical animal, mm. uh, magical beast, which is often overlooked. Oh. That you can also, it's it's one of those often overlooked Pathfinder rules of you can wild empathy magical beasts. If they're dumb enough. Uh, if yeah. they're dumb enough. If they're, well, like, if they're a high enough intelligence that yeah, you like, cannot. Yeah, uh, like Pegasi and Griffins, I think. Both of those are low enough intelligence that you can do that. I just really wanted to give that snake some scritches and I didn't get to. Maybe you can after the fight. Yeah. I've never had a pet snake, so I don't know how much they enjoy scritches, but... I grew up with snakes. Uh, they don't really care. They're not... It depends on what you're <laughs> scritching. My, my student brought her snake up to school, and he just kind of wrapped around her hand and then just chilled. Yeah. They're mm. very, they're very so, sweet and cute. Yeah. It freaked out everybody else, and they were like, why would you let her have that out in class? And I was just like... It's just a snake. It's just a garden snake. Like, it's not like it's poisonous. Or it's not like it's a terrifying. It's not like it's an ass that's the size of a child. <laughs> I was gonna say but this was this was a snake who got nibbled on by what was supposed to be its food, and so it was kind of sad. That happens. My <laughs> corn snake got snake. nibbled also yeah. occasionally. Yeah, but most people don't keep snakes that are actually big enough to actually hurt them. So like hmm. the best thing it's gonna do is maybe cut off circulation to your wrist like a little bit. Yeah, or, or you yeah. have those crazy people who are their pet snake eventually just freaking eats them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like an anaconda. Or something. Yeah, like the, the it's cuddling. Me, those. it's measuring you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you guys got to uh, to travel a little bit more through uh, another section of the dead city that you have not gotten to go through previously. So yeah, we got to go through the. Well, we got to run up against the uh, the, the arid streets there. Yeah, the the place we do not go. This could be ill I want to go back to that library. Forget this place. I know, right? I was like, oh, that's you just want to jump off a building. I don't want to jump off a building. I you want, just want me to jump off I a building. Want, you got your mission. Look, it's not my fault you have a really cruddy will save. <laughs> I have a one will save. Um, I also no, I just, we both, we're going together. Yeah. Off I the feel building. like that's one of the things that that place feels very like, hmm, this might be where the information that my character is looking for would be. Let's get a couple levels first. And so now you run into the classic uh, conundrum of being a lawful character. Ha, it's ha, like sexy. the thing yep. that I want is in there, but also... So Gira's like, girl, or no, you're not a girl. Boy, I'll hook you up. Can't tell him a man for my pecs? My beautiful golden pecs? You are very shiny. You are very shiny. He does have a charisma of 16. I do have questions about what goes on under the robe, but Sagira's also a lesbian, so she doesn't care that much. Body paint will make other people gold. He's still pretty. He's almost as pretty as a woman. (laughs) I don't think he's, like, pretty that way. That's not how I picture him. Does he have long, flowing hair? He's Bald. Oh, he's bald. I forget that. Mm-hmm. See, I don't picture him bald. Neither. He's got to have hair in my head. Like, I picture him <laughs> like a very short, like, yeah, short I, th- I picture hair long, I flowing, sh- no, golden he's hair. shaved like the Egyptian priests would do. No. Yeah. See, I picture him with, like, short I always picture him with one of the, uh, the, you know, the pharaoh uh, headdresses on. Um, I know he doesn't actually wear one. But I mean, yeah. if I find a headdress, we're going to wear <laughs> You're it. You're going to need a, a headband of wisdom or whatever. Like, you know. And it's a, a, a pharaoh's cowl or whatever. I think I picture you with the short hair just because I've been reading the Throne of Glass series and your character is very similar to one of the other characters <laughs> and he is described with short hair and so I'm just like, yes. No, on, on Eris is bald. He shaves his head like all the priests used so to So he's do. like Riddick. Nah, I mean, no. if Riddick was really I love Vin Diesel, but he's not pretty. He's not 16 charisma pretty. Like, <laughs> 
He's like a ten. It's all it's all in the voice. I think Vin Diesel higher than a ten. Okay, I'm at a twelve because he has the voice. He definitely has like the character. Vin Diesel, we would love to play with you. Please join us. Yes, he is. Good job. Has he ever played Pathfinder? That's what I want to know. See if Jessica thinks you're a ten in real life. Oh so my come God. play. Okay, so what other, I'll give you a trick. You can oh, just I am Groot in the like, corner the whole time. Maybe Jason Stathamish. Eh. You go to weird places. I'm just trying to think of bald actors. You can shave anyone's head. I yeah, I mean, like freaking. Uh, I imagine you're like Paul Bettany, shaved head, gold skin, like Legion, <gasps> like yes. Legion. Okay, then or, yes, yeah. I pictured this. Okay, what? Or head Vision, whichever. But. I guess Vision, but he's like older. Yeah, but he was like know. Buffer in Legion. Yeah, he was way buffer in Legion. Yeah. Paul Bettany is my, my yeah. Paul Bettany, he, you're also welcome yes, to join. Yes, you are welcome to play <laughs> That's This is what we're going to do now. Celebrities, come play Pathfinder with us because you know we think to. you're cute. <laughs> we also see the movies it. no one else which likes, one like Legion. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I know, because we're real fans. Sadly, Tom Hiddleston Like, seriously, here, I've had a weird. slight love affair uh, with Paul. We don't know that. We could get what? Tom Hiddleston addicted to Pathfinder. You never know. Yeah. We just have to kidnap him first. Or ask him to come play, whichever we're not, works. We're not doing we are, this. We're not admitting to <laughs> illegal actions on our. You're going to get a cease and desist. <laughs> and all of us have restraining orders now. Doesn't surprise me. So yeah, you guys had a, uh, a chance to check around the outside of the structure and everything else, and those starting uh, with next episode, you guys will actually get to delve into the building properly. Well, first we have if to we see if eaten. we don't get eaten by this two-headed dog. Yeah, it's the Etten dog. dog. That's what we're going with. Well, he's got all the worms like so Princess you, Mononoke. You just put lore. Oh, yeah. You didn't actually put ranks in Knowledge Arcana, right? Does no, anybody I have, have lore ranks sphinx, in Knowledge Arcana? not Knowledge Arcana. Is it a sphinx? No. <laughs> I can't tell you definitively it is not. Yeah, yeah. so this will be Etten dog for the rest of time. Yeah, because yeah. I... Do you guys remember when we fought that Etten dog? That was weird. <laughs> somebody needs to take leadership just so we can have somebody with like the extra skills nobody <laughs> has knowledge arcana yet i do no. yeah we're good she just hasn't seen it yet yeah oh, okay. yeah remember we conferred and decided that since i have a bunch of extra skill ranks that I, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. well, all i know is that, that it's not undead yeah because it was just kind of that fun scene from a horror movie thing where it's the that the fun. ranger kind of walks forward and then sees the snake it's like calm down snake and the snake's all right and it's like don't worry guys it's just a snake and then like the camera pans over and then from the shadowy doorway right next to the ranger you see the two heads start to emerge it was a little bit more of a oh snake now we're friends so i'm gonna walk over <laughs> the snake and cuddle the snake oh <laughs> hey buddy we can be friends too <laughs> and then he uh, it's like when you start petting one of your dogs and the other dog's like no right. it's my turn <laughs> oh god there's two heads they'd be so jealous all the time <laughs> oh man yeah if they were like actually like an Eden, then, you'd have to uh, pet both of them at the same time we don't know what this thing job. is it that's the key like we just need to pet them you know it's smart enough not to be affected by wild empathy yeah so it's there's too that. smart <laughs> it's having none of that dangerously intelligent so yeah check back here next week for, uh, of course, the next episode. And we will continue on in episode 10, which I'm going to guess is Sagira Gets Eaten by Dog. Oh, the, by one where dog. Gets the, son, eaten. the one where Sagira Gets Eaten. The one where Sagira Gets Eaten by Eden Dog. It's like a throwback to Every episode 3, the uh, the cat-eating sarcophagus. Okay. Every game has a theme. <laughs> yeah, this one's probably going to be Swallow Hole. Yeah, I don't think it's five. that big. It has to be, what, two-size categories? It was size. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be two-size categories larger to, like, swallow you whole. Yeah. Depending. So, see, it can't swallow Sagira whole unless it has some crazy There's supernatural There's some exceptions. Some things it like has yeah. two heads. Its well, heads it's mostly, it's mostly oozes and anything with an amorphic anatomy yeah. that would swallow creatures. If this thing swallows Sagira, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like... I have been swallowed... Well, Sagira hasn't been swallowed, but I, as a player, 
in my other games have been swallowed before. You're not dead as soon as you're swallowed. It's fine. Sure. I have a small weapon that I can use to cut my way out. Hopefully. I cut my way out. Anyway. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> yeah, check back next time. Yes, subscribe to Comment. us if you enjoy this. Comment yes. down below. Uh, please leave us a, uh, a rating and review on iTunes, if you would. I hate doing that whole thing where we kind of plug that stuff, but it's really good for yeah, metrics, apparently. Yeah. And then check back here next time for the further misadventures of our uh, doing, Mummy's Mask crew. We're pretty good so far. Nobody's died yet. Don't so. jinx us, yeah. woman! <laughs> the end. Tune in next time when Heather's been killed outside of the game for jinxing us. Because you're bad luck. <laughs> We have to kill her and then bathe the room in her blood. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> we used to bless our table with a cat, so. Um, we not, 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 not killing, like killing a, cat. a cat. We would literally just pick her up and, like, circle her overhead. Definitely, she'd Luna, my lap when for the Luna rest jumps in your lap during the game, you definitely you do get, get good luck. You get better luck. We do not endorse feline sacrifice. No, but we endorse <laughs> having cats in your lap for yes, good luck. If you're having bad luck, Purchase yourself a calico cat and calico. hold it during games. Not tuxedos, because they will bite you. Must if be you calico. Move your hand too fast. Winston helps me out sometimes. Do not purchase a calico cat if you have allergies. Anyway. Uh, or do, because sometimes if you're allergic to regular cats, you aren't allergic to calicos. Oh, well, there you go. Find out first, though, because I'm allergic to calicos. That's true. Yeah. So check back in next time. Uh, and until next time, from all of us at Find the Path, good luck, Pathfinders.